Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, GetMK, aka The Health Nerd, and for this episode, I'll be talking depressing facts about our favourite sweet and seductive snack. Headlines have been revelling in a new scientific discovery that has rocked the globe, proving <laughs> proving that chocolate can cure depression. Sadly, while chocolate is one of the most delightful discoveries of mankind, right up there with fire, the wheel, and cheese, it's probably not curing your mental health problems just yet. Chocolate isn't curing depression. Probably the saddest thing I've had to say on this podcast so far. We love stories about unhealthy foods that some study has magically found to be healthsome and good, and this time was no different. The headlines were truly wonderful. The Sun went with, Reality Choc! Scuffing chocolate helps slash the risk of depression by up to 70%, studies show. And the Mirror ran with the slightly less ridiculous, People who eat dark chocolate less likely to be depressed, study reveals. Across the world, people happily ate up the news that you could help yourself to another slab of, ca- slab of Cadbury's. It's good for your mind. Even if it's not so great for your waistline. Of course, the story is a bit more complicated than that. Chocolate goes great with strawberries, but the evidence definitely isn't there that it can slash the risk of depression just yet. The study that has everyone so excited was a piece of epidemiological research called Is There a Relationship Between Chocolate Consumption and Symptoms of Depression? A cross-sectional survey of 13,626 US adults, published in the Journal of Anxiety and Depression. Cross-sectional surveys are a type of study that basically asks a bunch of people questions about themselves, and then tries to find correlations between the questions and some sort of health outcome. That can be questions about smoking and cancer, it could be questions about driving and accidents. In this case, the researchers used a large data set called the National Health and Nutritional Examination Survey, uh, often referred to as NHANES, which asks people in depth about what they eat as well as their health issues, uh, specifically people from the US, and it's a very large representative a sample of people across the uh, whole United States of America. This got them a sample of about 13,000 people who had been asked in detail about their chocolate consumption, in particular whether they had eaten any chocolate in the last 24 hours before the survey, as well as their average chocolate consumption across the year. They then split the people up into groups. Those who ate no chocolate, those who ate non-dark chocolate, and those who ate dark chocolate, as well as looking at quartiles of chocolate consumption, which means four groups based on how much chocolate people ate, from very little to quite a lot, and compared all of these in terms of self-rated depression. In this case, they defined depression based on a series of nine questions that look at depressive symptoms. It's not a perfect criteria for depression, but it's, in this case, a reasonably good proxy. We think probably that if you score above a certain level on these nine questions, you have, if not depression, depressive symptoms, things that might lead to a clinical diagnosis. 
Using a statistical model that controlled for a number of confounding factors, which are, as I've said before, things that can cause both depression and chocolate eating, like income, the researchers found that there was no relationship between chocolate intake and depression. None whatsoever. There was also no relationship between increasing amounts of chocolate in intake and depression. So even at very high intakes of chocolate, people didn't seem to be at a reduced risk. In other words, eating chocolate did not help cure anyone's depression, didn't help have any association whatsoever with depression, which is weird, because that's the exact opposite of what the headlines I, I, I read out seem to be saying. I mean, if we go back, scoffing chocolate helps slash the risk of depression. Hmm, that's a bit odd. So if you read through the study, the media noise was built on something. It was an incidental finding, so while chocolate in and of itself didn't do anything, the researchers did find an association between dark chocolate and the rate of depression. Specifically, in the fully adjusted model, there was a statistically significant reduction in risk for people who reported eating dark chocolate in the 24 hours before their questionnaire. The reduction was pretty big too. It had an odds ratio of 0.3, which is roughly equivalent to a reduction in risk of 70%. So people who ate dark chocolate were at a 70% relative reduced risk of depression. Cue the dramatic headlines! But before you go and gorge yourself on lint balls, there are a few serious problems with this result that make it basically useless for your life. The first thing is that this is the quintessential example of observational research. The researchers took a large sample, identified some interesting correlation, but really, there's not that much you can read into the study beyond that. We know that many things affect who eats chocolate as well as depression, and while it's possible that the chocolate was the cause in this case, it's very unlikely. The dark chocolate eating group were different in almost every imaginable way from the other two groups who ate non-dark or no chocolate. They were richer, older, smoked less, drank less, were less obese, earned more, and on and on. It's fair to say that they were healthier than anyone else across the board, which makes it very unlikely that chocolate is causing the reduced depression here. It's much more likely that people who eat dark chocolate are just a bit better off generally than people who don't, with the chocolate contributing bugger all to that equation. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, and it's what's known as residual confounding. In this kind of study, you can control for the things you know about, but you can't control for what you don't know and or don't measure. There was also a huge problem with the numbers. 13,000 people sounds like a lot, but while there were large numbers of people who ate non-dark chocolate or none at all, the number of people who only ate dark chocolate was tiny. In this very big group of 13,000 people, only 148 ate dark chocolate, of whom two or three had depression, which means that the model that the researchers built was ultimately based on the experiences of only a handful of people. Without going into the details, the type of statistical model that they used, which is called a logistic regression model, is well known to have difficulties with this sort of situation. 
It doesn't matter if your sample is huge, if the number of outcomes, in this case, depression in people who eat dark chocolate, is small, the results may not be worth a huge amount. If we want to go into the technical issues, logistic regressions overestimate the effect when there are a small number of outcomes, particularly in multivariable corrected models, such as the one used in this study. There's a good chance that the finding was nothing more than a statistical anomaly, which is a bit less impressive than the dark chocolate cures depression line that most of the papers ran with. The final issue that I'll touch on with this study was something called reverse causality. Basically, this is when the outcome that we are analyzing actually happened before the exposure. In this case, people may have gotten depression and then because of that, eaten less chocolate. We know that depression can change how people behave, and it's possible that in this sample, it made them change their dark chocolate eating habits. It's also possible that what's actually happening here is that depressed people give up dark chocolate for its sweeter brethren, which makes it seem like dark chocolate is effective, even though it's having no effect or impact at all. The thing about research like this is that it's never going to be definitive. Any scientist who read the study would have known almost instantly that it was the very start of an idea, not a proven conclusion. In fact, the researchers themselves warned against interpreting too far from their study, or as they put it, some caution should be taken when interpreting these results. Not exactly what you'd glean if you were reading the headlines, is it? There's really not that much you can say from a cross-sectional cohort study like this. It's very interesting to know that people who eat dark chocolate are a bit less likely to have depression, but realistically I don't think that would surprise many people. The kind of person who eats dark chocolate is probably a bit different to the average person in many ways, not least a bit wealthier, given that dark chocolate is often a bit pricier than milk and white versions. The real point of a study like this is to identify interesting correlations that point to future research. Maybe in the future someone will try and develop a medication based on dark chocolate chemicals uh, that treats depression. But from this study itself, there's just not that much you can take away. Ultimately, this study is almost meaningless to the individual. Chocolate is delicious, but there's no good reason to believe that it's going to do anything at all for depression just yet. If you're worried about your mental health, see a doctor, not a chocolatier. If you see silly headlines like this, it's always worth being cautious. Check the story, check the study, and have a think about what it might all actually mean. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at SensiPod, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, GetMK, and you can find me on Twitter at GetMK or Medium at GetMK or Facebook at GetMKHealthNerd. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at SensiPod. Have a great week, and remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. Skeptical.